Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I'm so excited to have my new friend, Teresa Wiedrich, with me. So I, I love, love the digital world because I never knew Teresa was my kindred spirit until just today. And we ran, I guess you found me on the internet. And as we got to talking on your podcast, I go, oh my gosh, you know, like we're same people across the country from each other. So I'm, I'm so excited to meet somebody else that just, just resonates with me so much. So anyway, Teresa, say hey to everybody and tell us a little bit about your homeschool family and what you do in the podcast world. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is wild for me because you were one of the first podcasters that I listened to as a homeschool mom oh, uh, way back in the day, inspiring me to, to realize that I can do this homeschool thing. And I think that's why I'm here as a podcaster myself is that I also believe that whoever wants to can do this homeschool thing. And so we're just trying to help people along the way recognize that they've got these challenges, yes, but to capture the charms instead of focus on the challenges. I've been homeschooling for I, about 15 years in total. And I really came across homeschooling in a very different way than you did. I actually picked up a book on a book, bookshelf when I had a quiet afternoon when I had three little girls, which almost never happened. <laughs> and I picked up the book. It was called The Homeschooling Option by Lisa Rivera. And oh my goodness. Uh -huh. You know the book? I have never read it, but I have seen it. Yes. Amazing content because I picked that up for the purpose of getting my arguments against homeschooling. Mm -hmm. It seemed like everybody around me was doing it. And I'm like, I'm a mainstream kind of gal. That's not me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not one of those people, whatever those people are. <laughs> and then by the end of the week, by the end of reading that book, I said, yeah, we're going to do this. This is amazing. Oh. So much freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the freedom is what drew you once you read the book. It was. Yeah, I, yeah I, much like what you had shared about your experience in high school, that it didn't seem like it was what you wanted for your kids um, because you wanted to learn your own things. I think that it, that was more my husband's experience, that he felt like I have all these things I want to learn about. Ironically, American history was a big one as a Canadian. Um, but he really loved all of that stuff. He wanted to learn on, on his own at home. And for me, I really felt like I was cheated. Um, I didn't really focus on my learning, really because I was focusing on the challenges that were going on in my own family mm -hmm. of origin. Mm -hmm. And so then I thought, oh, I want something different for my kids. So the freedom to provide an academic, academics, you know, program for my kids that would be unique to them and provide a social scenario that would be really uh, focused the way that we wanted it and also to be able to travel and we did a lot of travel over about seven years half of the time we spent traveling so lots of freedom oh so now you totally have to tell us where you've traveled with your family oh, I don't think I'm going to remember all the places but for sure the most remote place that we've been We've been to Africa, rural Africa twice, but I'd say the most remote that we've been was actually in Anuvik in the Arctic uh, for oh a summer. Oh my God. Okay. So what did you do in, I can't even say the word. Yeah, Anuvik. Well, we homeschooled. We actually really did a unit study on the Arctic in a whole different way. Oh my, my husband's goodness. a medical doctor. So he had been flown into Taktoyaktak, which is a ice 
road town. You can't actually drive into town, or maybe you can now, but you couldn't then. And um, he said, you, I've delivered this baby there. You have to go up there. You have to see what it's like. So we hired a four-seat Cessna, me and my three little girls, and we flew an hour over pingos and, you know, what looked like Swiss cheese. There was like little ponds of water and then went up into this ice town and had a tour around the ice town. It was, it was pretty surreal. And, Uh you know, I've stood on the edge of what is believed to be the start of civilization. Um, uh, Where is it? (laughs) I've been, we've actually traveled so many more places that I'm sharing, but it was in rural Kenya and we were looking out over the upper or the Rift Valley. Oh, yes. That was pretty, pretty wild. We actually went and not even joking. We took a two hour hike in that climate without water with oh. our four little kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> a whole different story. But yeah. anyway, yeah, it I mean homeschooling has given us so many memories. Oh my goodness. To, to remember what our kids' experiences were like growing up. Well, I, you know, I, as our homeschool co-op with the seven sisters over the years, we've dragged our kids to Boston and Gettysburg, but never to the Arctic or to Africa. So my, my uh, deep admiration is going on here. So that's so cool. Oh my goodness. And, and what memories, even if your children were young, they will have those memories. And that's so cool. Yeah, My yeah. oldest daughter is right now um, across the country doing her post-secondary school. And even at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I said to her, like, don't you want to come home? And she's like, mom, am I really independent if I can't be independent in a pandemic? And I'm like, <laughs> this is my Enneagram type eight kid that I told you. <laughs> but we had traveled into Eastern Africa in the Ebola crisis. So we prepped her to... <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Oops. My fault. Yeah. Yeah. That will make a marvelous book one day when you sit and write your memoirs. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's what you want for your kids is for them to know what they want and then to give them freedom to do that. So, so segue a little bit, tell me about each of your kids. Cause there's not one right way to homeschool or raise your kids. And so how, how have each of your kids been growing up and fulfilling who they are supposed to be? That's interesting that you say that because when you had asked me about like tips for, or we were talking about how to engage high schoolers, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing for me is to recognize their vision for their lives. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, you know, at that age, I definitely didn't have a vision for my life. Um, and even still, I know my vision is constantly shifting and you get these curveballs that require you to shift in different directions. But at that age, I definitely didn't have a vision, but, and I didn't have somebody watching or trying to observe me or trying to encourage me in what what is your vision but that's one thing that maybe it came from a John Taylor Gatto John Holt you know all the unschooling mm-hmm. philosophies that helped me to see my kids for what they actually are rather than um, what I believe that they should be like I have a friend who has an incredibly intelligent kid like he's he's off the charts in his in interests and he could easily be an astrophysicist or something that you would define as smart. But he tells me, I love writing fantasy. And I said, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, I want to write books. And I'm like, huh, I don't think your mom wants you to write books. But 
amazing. Like as an author, I'm in awe of this kid, really. He's amazing. And I think that's what I want for my kids is to see that, see the child that is actually before me and encourage them to go do their thing. Mm -hmm. And certainly I think if you pay any attention whatsoever to your kids, you realize that they are really different. And as they get older, they assert themselves more if you allow them to be who they are. And um, for sure, my oldest was independent right out of the womb Mm -hmm. and continues to be and everything that she pursues, she does with her whole heart. And I don't know what she's going to do with a double major in uh, she's, she's doing Latin. So funny Uh enough, I I unschooled her for six months solidly because she really wanted to do something Uh non-academic and she's now still doing Latin. Um, ancient history and psychology and uh, a whole bunch of academic stuff. So my kid that I thought was definitely not going to do post-secondary school is definitely doing post-secondary school. Um, My second daughter, who always talked about going into medicine, is now has been accepted into um, a ballet school and (laughs) you know massive shift right and yeah she always loved ballet and she always loved paying attention to all of my husband's medical stories and baby deliveries and all that Mm -hmm. so I think the key is to just keep an open or a wide breadth of acceptance to who they actually are versus think they are how did you do that? Like you can see different things in each of your kids. How did you adapt to them changing their ideas as they went along? I don't think I have. <laughs> <laughs> I think there just comes a certain point where you can, like my firstborn definitely trained me into, hey, I'm a separate person. I'm going to be a separate person. And that was challenging. The truth is I didn't, I railed against it. That was my instinct. When she first said, maybe I want to do high school. I thought, no, because I'm a homeschool parent. Uh Do public high school. You don't need to do that. And then eventually I came to accept that this was part of her story or part of her journey. Ironically, she goes into high school and then as quickly as she's in it, um, she wants to finish it. So she gets her three year of high school, which we do in Canada, um, in two years because she's wanting to get out as fast as she's in it. But I'm not sure that I really have a really clean answer on that. I think I am trying to honor them as separate people. And then I'm making many mistakes along the way and definitely not wanting to follow that that path. But it is who they are. They are becoming their own individuals. So accept it. All right. So that's just the perfect segue. So, you know, you had the gift of having your oldest was an Enneagram eight and eights will do things their way. They, They will do that. So you may as well get it out of the way with kid number one. And so you had to learn to like, you couldn't control it. There's no way you could make that kid into your image. You had to let her discover and become. So how did you keep yourself sane? Like, what are your, in fact, let's, let's segue a little bit. You have a podcast about homeschool mama self-care. So how would you, you know, if you've got a mom with a strong-willed kid who's going to do things their way, and they're, they're, they're becoming all kinds of different hats that you would not have chosen for them, you know, or, or it's just not, a, you know, it's a surprise, I guess. How would you coach another mom along with that? 
Very interesting. You just helped me actually put two and two together in my own story here, because earlier we were talking about when I started to go toward my self-care journey myself or like to to honor myself in my homeschool. And it really was because of that kid who was putting up a fuss all over the place. I was exhausted by it because I'm an Enneagram type two. Yeah. So I'm like, you need to be happy so we can have a happy homeschool. Exactly. Yes. This kiddo is like, yeah, but if you say black, I say white. Mm -hmm. If you want to go this direction, I want to go that direction. And she just naturally was like that. And I know that now that it really is her because I have three other kids that are not Enneagram type eight. Um, But so she really... I think a friend had said to me a morning that I had just um, broken down really and said, okay, y'all are going to school and I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted and, and I'm done with this. She said, go check out a TEDx talk with um, Brené Brown. And I'm listening to her talk. And I, I realize now what you were suggesting is that me as an Enneagram type two, I'm trying to take care of this aid and make her happy. But I realized with Brené Brown that I'm not actually paying attention to anything about me. Mm-hmm. I'm not factored into my homeschool at all. And in fact, why do I need to? Because I'm essentially the source of everything for everyone in my family. And and it, there was like a moment that I just realized, no, I, I have to factor myself into this. So there wasn't a clean journey for me towards self-care. I'm still learning. Yeah. In the very, very first paragraph of my book, I write something like, if you meet me, you'll come to understand that I am a very normal person. I haven't run the Iron Man like one of my friends did. I, you know, I could lose five pounds, 10 pounds. I could maybe lose the Miss Vicky's potato chips habit. You know, there's certain things that there's no doubt I'm not perfect. I've argued in front of my kids with my husband, Um, you know, all sorts of things. And yet I keep moving towards a practice in all these different areas of taking care of myself. And I discuss all the ones that people typically think of, like, you know, dark chocolate and Netflix and the spa, which I almost never do. But I talk about those little moments that can help energize us. But I think the biggest self-care strategy is checking your thoughts and asking yourself, what do you really think? How do you really feel in a certain scenario? And then sitting with those uncomfortable thoughts and trying to understand yourself more, recognizing what is the source? Why are you feeling what you're feeling? And what is your underlying need? You know, going into the deep stuff to really say, why am I challenged by this thing? It's not a magic, it's not a magic um, bullet. It's a lifelong growth journey as a homeschool mom. And and as a homeschool mom, I get lots of mirroring feedback, you know, feedback from my kids about what's the next thing I need to grow in, right? So I think, you know, as self-care strategies go, I can talk in all sorts of directions, but I think the biggest one is acknowledging who I really am, accepting who I really am, and then and then going from there, then how do I address these needs? That that was just so beautiful. I think if we could make that into a really long meme, that it would, you know, like you just described a healthy homeschool mom, is we, we cannot make our kids, their lives perfect, or in our image. But the way you described understanding you, who you are, 
and your feelings and sitting with uncomfortable thoughts and, you know, exploring that like life is very uncomfortable, especially with high schoolers. And if we're going to be healthy, we've got to be comfortable with our own discomfort and knowing who we are. It's okay for us to be us, but that our kids are different and it's okay for them to be them. So, and I just totally enjoy the fact that you have an eight for an oldest, you know, like that's, that <laughs> yes. is such, you can cover. <laughs> it, it is a wonderful gift to have an eight in your life. You know, they, they will, they will make things happen. So I feel like I've grown up as a mom because of her actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a whole bunch of fours in my kids. And so they are, so full of meaning and oh you just don't understand and <laughs> so we have lots of discussions so I have one of those too it's so much fun too I love the Enneagram and of course we can tell we both love that and you know kids becoming themselves you know then that's part of the Enneagram journey is learning about themselves and us learning about them so yeah small plug there all right so tell us about your book and your website and your podcast and I'd love to get people connected with you well my book is really about to come out finally this year has been so long for so many reasons but it's about to come out it's homeschool mama self-care nurturing the nurturer and it is Exactly that. My, you know, a homeschool mama that's been around for a while that's trying to encourage other homeschool moms to look at themselves, to figure out who they are in the context of their homeschooling. And they're welcome to join me over at our homeschool mama support group on Facebook that I really opened about a week ago. Oh, neat. And what I just spoke that you said could be a meme, I actually have as a meme on Instagram. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So we'll have to find it and put it in the show notes or something. Okay. Yeah. Good. And your website. Yes. Well, my website is Capturing the Charmed Life. Uh, That was my way of maintaining my head above water for the first five years of homeschooling was to write. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty obvious that my intention was to capture the charmed life, which I was tempted to change at a certain point because I realized that wasn't a thing. You can't capture it. But now I accept that we all gravitationally are pulled towards wanting a charmed life. So then we have to turn our challenges into charms or find ways to turn those challenges into charms. So capturing the charmed life. And it alliterates. So it makes my whole day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I remember that about you. I, uh, yes, I I drive the sisters crazy with alliteration. (laughs) (laughs) Love it too. Yeah. So we'll put links to all of that. And I'm really excited about the book is, you know, we all need encouragement. And that sounds, especially in this pandemic, we need even more. So I I think we will all enjoy and be blessed by your book. All right. So look, everybody in the show notes, and you got another podcast to add to the ones that you listen to. So, all righty. Well, I better wrap it up. Thank you, Teresa, for being with us today. Thanks for having me. So this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by sevensistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We'll see you next week.